Welcome to Episode 4 of Call Third Strike, a podcast about baseball and softball on FayObserver.com. I'm Sonny Jones. Hope you'll tune in each week as we talk about the Woodpeckers, Swamp Dogs, Region Colleges, High School, Major Leagues, Minor Leagues, and Spread the Word. The podcast also is available on iTunes or your favorite podcast service on Android. Let's step up to the plate and take our swings. Or a called Third Strike. Well, slowly but surely, the college baseball season has begun. The first weekend in February was NCAA Division II and NAIA teams, including UNC Pembroke and St. Andrews, taking the field. Last weekend, NCAA Division III Methodist cranked it up with a doubleheader sweep. And on Friday, February 15th, NCAA Division I schools, which includes the Bowie's Creek-based Campbell Camels, start playing games that count. 2018 was a season to remember for the Campbell University baseball program. The Camels won the Big South Conference regular season and the league tournament and played in the NCAA tournament where they lost to nationally ranked Georgia and Duke. So after that season, expectations are high in Bowie's Creek. Campbell is the preseason favorite to again win the Big South in a vote of league coaches, edging high point in the voting. Can the Camels do it again? Let's ask the head coach, Justin Hare, who we welcome to the Call Third Strike podcast. Justin, thanks for the time. How do you feel about the Camels going into the 2019 season and your expectations? Yeah, sure. We're we're excited, Sonny. You know, um, you know, we've got a good mix of returners and and um, certainly from a position player standpoint, some returners in some key spots. The left side of our infield's back. Our catcher, um, one of our you know our leadoff guy, and and you know left fielder Matt Barefoot. Um, we've got some some good bullpen depth and and uh, some guys returning that have pitched a bunch of meaningful innings for us, but we've also got some, some exciting new guys. So, you know, expectations are show up every day and compete your butt off and, and, um, you know, we'll figure it out as we kind of go along, you know, so to say, Hey, I expect to go out there and repeat. I expect, uh, you know, us to, you know, win X amount of games, I think is just unrealistic because you just never know how the season goes with injuries and who you're playing. And, and there's just so many unknowns in a, in a 56 game season. So I think the biggest thing for us, um, my expectation is that we're going to show up every day. We're going to compete our tails off and, and we're going to play hard. Um, if we do that and, and we can, you know, we can have, we can pitch and, and play some defense and have some timely hitting. We'll have a chance, um, to be, uh, to be in a, in a position to, to win a bunch of games. You know, one of the players you mentioned is Matthew Barefoot, the Midway high school graduate from, nearby done last season what a season led the big south in batting average at 364 led the conference in hits doubles steals on base percentage had a terrific summer playing summer ball uh, he's the preseason pick for the big south player of the year honors what what makes matthew such a special player how important is he to your team and and his development over his time at campbell i don't, I don't know if anybody expected this type of performance from him when he signed a, a few years ago he has turned into one of the top players in the country yeah, you know, and, and and the biggest thing for Matthew and and just having a chance to see him grow over the last three years and and mature, you know, in the game of baseball and and you know within our program is is just his dedication to showing up every day and being the same guy. You know, I think that's where you've seen you know some consistency with his numbers from his redshirt freshman year to last year and, and into to the Cape Cod League. 
um, this past summer is is that he shows up with a professional mindset and and a work ethic that makes him special. You know, it, it lends him to a lot less of riding that roller coaster of performance up and down, up and down, because he shows up kind of as the same guy every single day um, and has a tremendous work ethic, comes from a great family that, um, you know, kind of instilled that in him, you know, that work ethic, that, that, uh, that pride in a, in a, in a good day's work. And, and he brings that every single day and has, you know, pretty much since he's been here, both, you know, in the weight room, on the field, in the classroom, kind of across the board, he's done the things that we've asked him to do and takes a lot of pride in, in showing up every single day with a professional mindset to, to get better and, and push himself to the limits. Let's talk a little bit about your pitching staff. You know, from the outside looking in, uh, top starters Alan Winans, Wes Noble are gone. Uh, do you have concern about the pitching staff, or are there people there that maybe we don't know about yet? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I tell our staff and uh, our our coaching staff and pitching staff this all the time. If we can't pitch, we can't win. Um, you know, I've, this is going on my 16th year of college baseball as a coach, and every year that we've been able to pitch it at a high level, we've won a bunch of games. Every year that we haven't, we end up right there around 500. So that is certainly on the mound is key. Um, we've got uh, Michael Horrell, coming back as as a, our third year starter for us has has pitched a bunch of innings um you know as a, as a senior now um we'll kind of anchor down the starting rotation um Tyson Messer at the back end um again a, a senior that's thrown a lot of important innings saved a bunch of games for us um so we've kind of got anchors on both sides and then in between I think we've got um, some young and, and new, exciting guys that, that are going to fill a bunch of different roles for us. So um, we've got a right-handed kid named Seth Johnson from the Charlotte area. He's from Lewisburg Junior College um, that's got a chance to, to be a top-five rounder on the mound. Um, we've got two left-handers in the rotation. One's a freshman from Raleigh, um, a kid named Ryan Chassie that's that's you know been up to 91 and and has a chance to do some things on the mound for us. And, and uh, another transfer from Lewisburg Junior College, a left-hander named Kevin Westlake, um, that will kind of fill into that rotation. So two lefties and two righties kind of in the starting rotation. And then, you know, some guys that as freshmen and sophomore have thrown some innings for us but have not been counted on to throw uh, big-time meaningful innings, you know, but have developed over the last couple of years guys like Wyatt Tyson and Logan Heintzman and, and Bryce Coda, um, Jack Yusko, some guys like that, that that have thrown some innings for us um, that will filter into some, some more meaningful roles this year, um, but have some experience and, and, and been through a championship season and, and been to a regional and stuff. So I think we'll be able to lean on some of that and, and some of that experience to, uh, to be able to bridge the gap to those back-end guys. Yeah, that success last year certainly should help. Let's talk a little bit about the schedule as we wrap it up here. Campbell opens the season Friday against Maryland and Conway, South Carolina. Part of the Britain Resorts Invitational being played at Coastal Carolina. You also play Virginia Commonwealth and Coastal Carolina in the weekend event. First home game is Wednesday against East Carolina. Justin, you'll play NC State, Duke, North Carolina, UNC, Wilmington, and Elon in non-conference games. That's some top teams in that group, NCAA tournament teams. Do you like that type of challenging non-conference schedule and, and feels like maybe it helps you prepare your team for conference play and postseason? 
Yeah, I think that it's in in this state. I mean, it almost doesn't matter who you play in the midweek. You're going to play a quality opponent. Um, you know, in, in 2013, we went 49 and 10 and uh, lost in the conference championship game two to one and, and won the regular season championship. And we did not get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. And uh, the reason that the NCAA gave us was because our non-conference strength of schedule was not very high. And so um, we kind of, kind of went about changing the way that we schedule our non-conference um, to make sure that, that if we have one of those special years that we're right there around 40 wins, um, and, and, you know, and, and when the conference regular season that we should be in a position, um, to, to be in the conversation to get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, you know, and, and so I think it's twofold. One, it, um, it challenges our guys. So I don't think that we can, um, downplay that by any stretch of the imagination. I think last year we finished with the top 40 non-conference strength of schedule. Um, and because we challenged ourselves so much in the early season, we gained some confidence from that. We didn't always win those games, but we gained a lot of confidence going into to conference play where we felt like of the 10 or 11 teams in our conference, there wasn't another team that was more prepared, more challenged, than we were, and, and I think our guys uh, took some confidence out of that, and 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 really was was able to build um, some momentum early in the conference season because we felt prepared once we got into conference play. But at the same time, in 2013, as as an assistant coach, I had to say goodbye to 13 seniors in a in a restaurant, you know, in a in a restaurant watching the selection show when we didn't get in and. And uh, that's been one of the worst days of my career, and I never want to look our guys in the eye and say, well, guys, I'm sorry we didn't get in because I didn't want to schedule hard enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I never want to go through that again. That, that may mean that we may never win 49 games again, but I tell you this, if we have a special year, we're going to be in the mix for, for an at-large bid because of the non-conference schedule that we do play. Yeah, that sounds like the way to go about it. I remember that 49 win season and and how everyone was just just stunned when yeah, that was a tough day. That was, that was a tough beat right there, and and I haven't forgot it. And and uh, you know, and a lot of people around here haven't forgot it. And and uh, hopefully this is uh, hopefully we're able to use that as fuel to the fire every single day. So. All right. Well, Justin, again, thanks for the time. Best of luck to the Camels this season. Should be a lot of fun to watch. We'll check in from time to time on called Third Strike. That's Justin Hare, the head baseball coach at Campbell University. Thanks, Sonny. It will be interesting to see how the Camels fare following last season's success. Sounds like they're ready to go. Who says a walk is not as good as a hit? Ever heard that one? Even being hit by a pitch isn't as good as a base hit. Yeah, people want the base hits. Well, probably not Connor Granger. Well, he wants a hit. The first baseman for the UNC Pembroke baseball team had quite the day last Sunday. Check out this line from the Braves' 22-3 win against Indiana-Pennsylvania last Sunday. Granger had no official at-bats and, of course, no hits. But he did score three runs and drive in three runs. What? How? By drawing a peach belt record, six walks in the game, and also being hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. Two of the walks came with the bases loaded. He scored three times. Indiana-Pennsylvania pitchers walked 19 batters in the game that was played with the temperature about 44 degrees and lasted more than three and a half hours. 
for Whiteville high grad Connor Granger and the Braves. Last Sunday was truly a walk in the park. UNCP won two of three against Indiana, Pennsylvania, dropped the middle game 11-1. The Braves will take a 5-1 and one record to Augusta, Georgia this weekend for a three-game Peach Belt Conference Series against the Jaguars. Augusta is 3-4 and four overall and were swept by Peach Belt opponent Francis Marion by a combined 31-11 margin last weekend. Methodist is hosting its annual Diamond Invitational this weekend at Armstrong Shelley Field. The Monarchs play Newman on Friday at 4, DeSales on Saturday at 2, and Bridgewater on Sunday at 2. The two teams not playing Methodist each day will meet prior to the Monarchs taking the field. Coach Tom Austin began his 40th season at Methodist on February 8th with a pair of wins against Roanoke 7-4 and 8-7. Methodist scored the deciding run in the second game in the bottom of the eighth inning on a force out. Roanoke was unable to complete a double play. Tucker Criswell was 5-6 for and Alex Cashler 5-8 for to lead the Methodist offense. If you listened last week, and I'm sure you did, you'll remember how excited St. Andrews coach Andy Fox was after his team opened the season with a three-game series sweep of Ohio Christian. It was the first time in school history the Knights had swept a season-opening series. Fox warned the schedule would get tougher, and it will, but the Knights kept rolling last weekend, winning four games against West Virginia Tech in Laurenburg to improve to 7-1. Pitching continued to lead the way. The Knights allowed only three runs and winning 2-0, 3-1, 3-0, 7-2. Junior Davis O'Brien opened the weekend by pitching a no-hitter in the 2-0 win. He struck out six and walked three. Michael Wright and Matthew Strickland combined on a six-hit shutout in the 3-0 win. St. Andrews has four games against Piedmont International up next, two in Laurenburg on Friday, two in Winston-Salem on Saturday. Fayetteville Technical Community College set to open its first season toward the end of this month. Major League Baseball teams have begun spring training in Florida and Arizona. Exhibition games start in about a week or so. That means the minor league camps will soon open, which means the home opener for the Fayetteville Woodpeckers at Segra Stadium is getting closer. April 18th is the date for the first home game against the Carolina Mudcats. Fans will be able to get a look at the new downtown stadium on April 13th at First Fan Look. That preview is turning into quite an event. Jim Arp, who is a Fayetteville City Councilman and Chairman of the City's Baseball Committee, said youth baseball teams will be invited, high school teams as well. There could be a parade of youth teams on the field, all decked out in their uniforms on that preview day. Final details for the first fan look event on April 13th. Still being worked out, it will be free, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Cumberland County has four players in the minor leagues. Terry Safford graduates Austin Warren with the Los Angeles Angels, Andrew Jane with the Baltimore Orioles, Pine Forest alum Kobe Fletcher Vance with the Oakland Athletics, and Southview graduate Trey Jacobs with the Colorado Rockies. Each will begin their second season of pro baseball in less than a month. Jane is the only one of the group who signed out of high school, signing with the Orioles last June. It was a learning experience, Jane admitted last summer, and playing against much older players. He was one of only two high school players on the Orioles' rookie league team last season. He tells called Third Strike about the adjustment. Uh, for me, it, it was just a big learning curve, especially coming out of high school. and um, Velocity was a big difference, and just seeing the pitching like that for the first time, getting used to it, um, and that level of ball is just, 
everything, it was a little slower. The games were three hours plus, nine innings instead of seven. And just kind of getting used to just the little things that, that change from high school ball to pro ball was definitely big for me. Um, June and July was a little struggle, but yeah, August, I think I batted like 300. And it was good for me just to kind of see, you know, how much improvement, you know, I kept getting better with time. Um, just with experience and seeing all that pitching, and I started to turn things around a little bit at the end. Jane played in 20 games in the Gulf Coast Rookie League, hit 212 for the season. But as Andrew mentioned, he did finish strong, getting a base hit in eight of his last nine games and hitting 308 down the stretch. Let's take a look at college softball in the area. UNC Pembroke is 6-4. The Braves' Cameron Davis batting 696 with two home runs and 12 runs batted in. Campbell is 1-5, losing to Duke on Wednesday. St. Andrews 3-7. Methodist 0-4. Fayetteville State 0-4. Fayetteville Tech 0-6. Tough start for some of the region college softball teams, but it's early. And as for our Call Third Strike podcast, it's late. We're out of here. But before we go, high school baseball and softball teams begin play February 27th. Practice opened February 13th. Thanks so much for listening to Episode 4 of Call Third Strike. Hope you will tune in next week and spread the word about this weekly podcast on FayObserver.com. We post the show each Thursday afternoon. I'm Sonny Jones.